Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Sex with Emily. On today's podcast, I am joined by well-known sexologist Amy Jo Goddard. We'll be getting into her latest book, Woman on Fire, and exploring common issues such as low sexual desire, mismatched libidos, what it means to be sexually broken, and most importantly, how to get the sex life you've always wanted and deserve. Thanks for listening. Okay. The genius design team at WeVibe has done it again. The brand new Nova by WeVibe is quite simply a dual stimulation superstar in that it expertly pleasures your clitoris and G-spot at the same time without missing a beat. You might be thinking, hmm, that sounds a lot like my favorite rabbit vibe, but it's not. Unlike traditional rabbits that tend to lose contact when you slide the shaft out, out outward, <laughs> when you slide the shaft outside of you, the Nova's external stimulator is extra long and curved creating firm, flexible external pressure while you maneuver the G-spot stimulator however you like it. What this means is that the external stimulator never leaves your clitoris, which is exactly what the majority of women need to achieve orgasm. The Nova's easy-to-use controls let you cycle through its multiple vibration modes and even allows you to work the internal and external stimulation independently. As if this wasn't blowing your mind enough, you can also customize a Novi by connecting it to your smartphone via the We Connect app, which is so cool. It means your partner can use it, you can use it, you don't have to touch the buttons. It's such a great app that you can use in all the products. It's great. The Nova by WeVibe is so unique that you have to tr- you have to try it to believe it, right? And I never stay around. Go to sexwithemily.com, look for the Nova banner, and um, then use promo code Emily at checkout for a special discount. Thanks for listening. You got a boyfriend? Because uh, my man E here, he just got his heart broken. He thinks you're kind of cute. A girl's got to have her standards. Oh, my. Do women know about shrinkage? Isn't it common knowledge? What do you mean? Like laundry? It shrinks? Can we not talk about sex so much? Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. I feel so good. Being bad feels pretty good. Well, you know, Emily's not the kind of girl you just play with. talking about sex, relationships, and everything in between. For more information, go to sexwithemily.com. You can check out all of our podcasts, and you can set up our mailing list, and you can also um, subscribe to the podcast because we do two podcasts a week, and it's so easy. Then you'll just get them, and then you'll listen to them, and you'll never miss them. Right, Menace? Right. Hey, what's going on, Emily? How are you doing? Oh, man. Um, I am excited to talk to you because we ended the last (laughs) podcast together on a cliffhanger. If you listen to the last maybe five seconds, she threw uh, a boomerang at me. Yeah, I'm sorry. If that's a term. Yeah, I threw saying. A something you to threw you. threw a wrench in the I conversation. I threw a whole wrench in the conversation. And then you said, I can't talk about it anymore. Yeah, because I was, uh, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't, I should have given us more time that I am getting a dog again. This weekend. This weekend. What? I'm going okay. to San Francisco to get the dog. We've been through this before. We did, but it was okay. You're right. Okay, how long did the last dog last? Two years. Two years, which is a pretty good run <laughs> for you. That's maybe no. That's still not the longest relationship you've had. You've that was longest, two and a half years. Two and a half years was the longest one. Three years. Two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Now, why do you think that you are able to take care okay. of? Okay. Well, dog let's just talk about it. You're now. making me sound like I'm in. Like, no, 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 not that. This, this is just, why because when I, don't I got Daisy, you have enough time. No, I do now because when I got Daisy in San Francisco, it was I'd never had a dog before, and she was a puppy. Mm-hmm. A Jack Russell puppy, which if you know anything about dogs, they're yeah. crazy. So much mm-hmm. energy. And I am farted such a on good, me once. Hated did, it. On you. I know. You're so, this is the thing about you, Menace. Someone wrongs you once and you just write them off completely. <laughs> dead to me. My dog just farted on you once and you never ever would talk <laughs> and said one nice word about her ever again. One of my boyfriends you thought looked like used car sales. Well, he now did. They all suck. He, he had a not. pinky ring. Dude, okay, so the Does dog, that not scream used car salesman? He didn't have a pinky ring. He had a pinky ring or and a, a suit. Or a pimp. He was definitely not a pimp. He definitely would sell me a vulva. <laughs> vulva. 
a vulva. A vulva. <laughs> he might say a vulva. He didn't know his way around yeah. the vulva. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but that was a whole other story. So this dog. Um, so what happened was when I moved to San Francisco. When I moved from San Francisco, I had like the mm. baby daddy in San Francisco, my ex boyfriend. Yeah. But I moved to LA. It was just harder to manage and find a place yeah. with the dog. I, just, I didn't have a lot of money when I moved here three years ago. It was just like it was tough to manage her. And then this family that I know fell in love with her in Palm Springs, and they have Daisy now. Yeah. But my friend Charlotte, who works as a vet, you know, you've met Charlotte. Uh-huh. Um, at a at a vet, at a um a uh, shelter, I've been telling her like I want a dog like Stanley. I want a dog like Stanley, who's who's Anderson's dog, who's like an older Jack Russell, uh-huh. and and this dog looks like Stanley. His name is Pepe, and he's about six years old, <laughs> yeah. and he looks exactly like it's almost like I'm like single white yeah. female getting the same freaking dog as now as Anderson's dog is very well behaved. Okay, now this dog Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> How it's much cute, do you right? know about his behavior? Well, we FaceTimed a few times. And um, Charlotte's, That's great. Charlotte is actually, here's the picture. Mm-hmm. Charlotte's actually. Um, a very cute dog. Thank you. Charlotte has been, he's been at the vet, the uh, shelter for six months. Mm-hmm. And so she's gotten to witness the dog and everybody loved, like, is so into the dog. And They're so into the dog, friendly. but why would it be Not there adopted? for six months? Because there's a lot of, like, little chihuahuas that people just don't want. It's older. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing. Again, I think I'm ready again. I, I would like a dog, and I, I have okay. more time. I'm, I'm moving. I'm going to get a place in the yard. Nice. Dude, everything's changing. Where have you been? You're going to get a place in the yard. Okay, then I can bring Chira over, yes. and then we can oh have a God. doggy play date. Can we do that? As long as your dog is nice. No, apparently this is the very other nice. thing. You're going to understand this, is that mm-hmm. Charlotte said that, that he gets along with all the every kind of dogs and cats, and he's super friendly. Cool, because Chira loves playing dates. with other dogs. So I'm with mine already yeah. that I know. Pepe, so. Pepe. Sure, Pepe. He's only the <laughs> All right. Okay, well, we'll give, we'll give it another try. Another. Okay. Perfect. Never go. Another I go know, around. I know. It's embarrassing. I actually the whole story. Like, who gets rid of a dog? But it was like, it was a whole thing. Um, but we have a very exciting guest here today. But first, I wanted to um, we'll do a little sex in the news. All right. Go for it. Okay. Lots of stuff going on in the news. <laughs> College bans energy drinks for contributing to high-risk sexual activity. Okay. Are they doing this for alcohol? I'm not sure they're banning high risk. I know they were banning four locos on campuses because that was energy drinks and alcohol and people just get crazy because they get drunk and then like super hyperactive, you know? Right. But I mean, what would be the difference of putting Red Bull and I don't vodka know. together? I mean, that's exactly probably what, I mean, how, how do you ban an energy drink from college? They sell it at the 7-Eleven. Yeah. So Middlebury College They probably just won't sell them on campus anymore. That's probably right. what's going on. But you can like go to the Safeway yeah. outside campus. But uh, they're banning on-campus sales of energy drinks, claiming they are linked to problematic behavior such as high-risk sexual sexual activity. Where is this again? Utah or something? Uh, Vermont. <laughs> okay. Middlebury College. Which I know is like nothing about college. Vermont. Uh, the abuse of intoxicating substances reports NBC News. The ban takes effect, uh, takes effect on March 7th will apply to popular beverages like Red Bull, 5-Hour Energy, uh, according to the campus. Haters. Dining services officials say the drinks don't encourage a healthy lifestyle for college students. Energy, energy drink consumption facilitates unhealthy work habits such as prolonged pre- uh, periods of sleeplessness contributing to campus culture of stress and unsustainable study habits. Um, there are more important things for them to address and energy drinks. They want to know like, what does it have to do with sexual activity? So I didn't think that I thought if you mix it with like vodka, right. But mm-hmm. there are people having risky, they're saying they're having risky sexual activity on energy. Well, drinks, I don't drink energy they're drinks. They're just not in their right mind. I have risky sexual activity without energy drinks. Oh uh, yeah, of course. Um, but why would it make you, I mean, I get the caffeine part of it, but. Uh, well, it's just because they want to stay up and they want to party and they want to True. Go do things. I mean, that I was, makes sense. But. Sorry, I was looking up something right now I because know, I actually, um, I, I haven't. I have. I was addicted to sugar-free Red Bull. I, that was my jam. I loved it. But then I realized, okay, I got to make a change. And I've never liked coffee in my entire life, but I found something called High Brew, and it's like low-calorie coffee okay. drinks. And so I switched to that. And Where do you get it? They even sell them in health food stores. High Brew, H-I? High Brew. You can buy it on Amazon, um, but then the, some health food stores, they sell them. And lots of caffeine in it and stuff? Uh, I mean, it works for me. Okay. Yeah. That's it's, good to know. I just good. I quit caffeine for two months just for mm-hmm. fun, and it wasn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> so now I'm drinking it again. I just need it for the 
for the morning. Oh, well, you get up at 4 a.m. on the Woody Show. 3 a.m. and 3 then and get to work at 4 a.m. I know. You know what's weird? That I often go to bed at 3 a.m. and I see you like on Instagram at 3 a.m. Mm. and I want to just call you and say hi. What's going on? What's going on, Menace? <laughs> just working. Um, but what is going on? Anything? We're going to bring in our guests in a minute, but is there anything else I need to know about you? Uh, last time we talked, we we're just talking about festival seasons coming up. Everyone's going to be having fun. You know, just please, people, uh, just don't take ecstasy. It's not worth it. <laughs> I just don't need another dead dead person at a festival. It just happens all the time. He's not even pure ecstasy anymore. It's like it's yeah, it's just just bad, and it does mess up your brain. It really does. People think it doesn't. Yeah, there's so many all the time. It's like smoke weed, eat edibles, do something like that. (laughs) No one's dying off that stuff, but it's just like every year you hear about like this really young person that's super dehydrated that takes ecstasy and dies. I know. Just smoke just a don't, weed, yo. Just don't do it. Smoke weed, eat food, I really, drink, I do. I am fun. considering going to Coachella. Do it. Do you think? I don't know. It seems like it's so crowded. <laughs> it is very crowded. Go, Thousands of people go. I like it, though. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, not with, I'm down with yeah. the music thing. So that's the, the latest. And just, you know, I was planning a lot of trips uh, throughout the year. The calendar is filling up. I know. You're so busy. I need to travel more. It's on the list. And moving and getting a dog. Uh, when are we going to hang out with your brother? I was just thinking about him the other day. Why? Uh, I was reading some news about Detroit, and I know your brother's a big deal in Detroit. And then I just started thinking about him, and I was like, when is he going to come by again? I miss he's that guy. Com- oh, you know what? I don't know when he's coming, but my, my ex-sister-in-law is coming with my three nieces at the end of the month. But that's not as Oh, really? What are they going to do? How old are they? Oh, my God. I forget, you, because they, they, they were like little kids last time I saw them. Oh, my them. God. They yeah. are 16. Oh, what? 14 and 7. How are you going to keep them busy? My Well, my sister-in-law is coming, so we're going to... She's going to keep them busy, and I'm yeah. going to entertain them. I don't know. I want them to go see, like, TV shows and mm-hmm. tapings that are for kids. Well, if you're coming to town and you have kids, I you know, of course, I always recommend Disneyland. Yeah. And then um, there's something that's really cool... Tell me. ...that uh, people should go to. It, not a lot of people know about it. It's the WB tour at the WB Studios. Oh. It's really cool. You get to walk on sets and... Go in the prop rooms and all kinds of stuff. So highly recommend it. Not a lot of people know about it, but okay. it's super fun. That's good. We yeah, you can you can even go on the friend set and sit on the couch and take photos and all that kind of oh stuff. Oh my god, they love friends. Will you come with us and entertain them? You're probably uh, good with kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my work's right there. I could probably do it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Okay, well, let's say hello to our guest. Hi, Amy. Let's Amy Jo Goddard here. I'm sorry. I'm boring Amy Jo Goddard was Disneyland. on the show. <laughs> I know we're talking about Disneyland. Um, I don't know. Was Menace on the last? You were on like four no. years ago in, yeah, in San Francisco. Ago. It was T Radio V when we were doing. Oh that. yeah, yeah. I didn't I get to like do. You weren't there. No, because I um, I was working for Stitcher at the time. That's t- right. Yeah, you so do I can do T Radio V shows. Okay. I can go over there. Got it. So we did a show in San Francisco. Yeah. So that was in, and then I just recently saw you at She. Yeah. And congratulations on your new book. Thank you. Uh, Woman on Fire: Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence. Yeah. Is it not with Red Bull? We were just you, talking, we're about, just Red talking Bull, about Red Bull. So. No. How it's, they're no. banning it on okay. college campuses and stuff. Hopefully they won't ban my book on college campuses. All right, campus. not. They, they need, need your book, need book on college campuses, right? <laughs> um, so, and then last time you were on the show, also you talked about your other book, which was is very popular, which I think that um, people love hearing. But this is uh, Lesbian Sex Secrets for Men. Yeah, it just came out in oh. second edition. Oh, really? Actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I've always said. This is why okay, he always so says this. I, I, haven't, I haven't read the book, but is it... Uh, just a guide for men because of because women know their own bodies, of course, mm-hmm. and they know how to deal with with other women. Exactly. So see? there it is. See, see? you get it. Preaching it for years. That's why I don't the get it. I, okay. <laughs> when I teach so blowjob classes, he's I, she, like, I don't understand why men. Okay. okay. I was just like, look, what do lesbians have to teach it? I'm like, uh, no, I I agree. I agree with you a thousand percent. I think that is awesome. It's just okay. Emily does blowjob classes, and I I bet they are effing amazing. But it's just like I. Honestly, would probably want to hear. I mean, I would love for you to have a gay guy assistant who has a penis that would probably give a little more insight on giving right. well, a blowjob. Well, that's why I thought you'd be appreciate Amy Jo's last book. And yeah, bringing up that book. first. Love let's it. cover. Well, first, let's talk about yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How you became interested you? in <laughs> of human sexuality? People did not hear the podcast a few years ago. Tell me how you got into this field. Yeah, I got into this field because, uh, like many people, I didn't have any information growing up about sex and I went through a lot of really hard experiences I talk about them in the book you can read them there um 
you know, all the stuff. Unplanned pregnancies, pregnancy scares, sexual assault, you know, my whole sexual life starting non-consensually, all that stuff. Right, right, that lots all of people that stuff. Experienced. So, um, you know, and I grew up with a dad uh, who was a single parent of three three daughters uh, who's in the military. So, oh, wow. you know, there was just I'm like, sure he couldn't even be wow. there most of the time, right? There was no conversation about sex no. in my house. Oh. And so we moved a lot and I went to three different high schools. Wow. I never got one iota of sex education. Like my, my education was really kind of screwed up. You know, I read like the Scarlet Letter three times, but then there's right. books I never read. And, <laughs> right, you know, exactly. Things like that. Right. So then you so. thought, I'm going to educate, I'm going to go to school for it. I'm going to start studying Yeah. It. I mean, I came into my own sexual empowerment once I got the, the education that I had needed and I was like wow why did I have to wait this long right uh and I was becoming a young feminist activist and actually I was doing radio and using radio platform for um and becoming more and more politicized uh when I was in college and um you know fighting a lot of the same fights we're still fighting today which is kind of crazy actually we were doing a lot of work around reproductive health and justice we were doing uh, a lot of work about you know the problem with sexual assault on our campus and then you know, I knew that I really wanted to do work that would specifically empower women and girls. And then I finally kind of put that all together. And oh, then, my God, I want to do sexuality work. How, how do I do that? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, this was pre-internet. I couldn't just be like, oh, where do I go study that? Like, I went yeah. to the library. Do you remember that? Yes, what? I do, of yeah. course. Yeah. They had the to pull library. out one of those little cards. The dude does where the book was. Yeah. My mom was a librarian. Oh, I remember wow. all that. I got an A in library. <laughs> no, but it's weird. That's what we used to do. Yeah. Imagine that. I know. Yeah. No. Um, okay, so, yeah. Oh, I, uh, sorry. Oh, before man. we get too deep into it, you you mentioned that, uh, so you have two sisters, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the the path that you've gone on, is have they, you think they, since they had a similar upbringing, they kind of went on the same path or is it totally opposite? No, I'm sort of the, you know, I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm, I'm the, outside of the box one in the family right. uh-huh. um uh one of my sisters is also uh, i mean i would call her queer i don't know if she calls herself queer i don't want to identify her that way but you know we're more similar i guess mm-hmm. um and the other one is like living a more kind of traditional life they both have two kids and you know we've all okay. kind of done well, well you say but queer identify as queer then like i feel like everyone's like you know how would you define the queer yeah, I always say, if you want to know what queer century. is, you know, you ask well, 10 I different know. queers, you'll yeah. get 10 different <laughs> yeah. answers. I, mean, I hadn't True. heard that in a while. Yeah. I feel like everyone's more about, like, you know, not saying that, you know, being more fluid or being more, you know, mm. but you're, it's queer. I just come from yeah. San Francisco. I feel like yeah. I don't hear that. I did hear that a lot. And now I feel yeah. like I don't hear queer as much as an identity. Yeah. yeah. I know it still exists. I'm just wondering how you define it. Yeah, for me, it, it came out of being politicized. You know, I'm very politicized about sexuality. I didn't come to my own sexuality and also to my work in sexuality as just a profession I came uh, I came to it wanting to really shift something around gender politics and how we treat people's sexuality and and you know human rights so that's really my perspective and you know a lot of a lot of young queers don't always always know the history um we, i was laughing with a friend of mine uh, tristan termino who you know mm-hmm. recently because uh, she said she heard at an event she heard a young queer person say no one over 40 identifies as <laughs> queer and it's just like Really? Right. You all did not invent that. Exactly. Um, yeah, there was a group called Queer Nation that was um, very active when I was in college. Um, and so I took on that identity shortly after that when I came out. It, it fit for me because uh, it is broader. And I find, you know, I'm not offended if I'm called a lesbian or whatever, but that's not really accurate. Um, although I did publish that book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of my relationships are with women. Um, but most or... Most. Most are with women. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes so, with men? Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I have, I have male lovers. Um, but, you know, that's very, you know, even lesbian was a very political identity. No, it's true. It's all political now. It's like you never so, know. It's right. But yeah, for Thing me, to say. it's about being outside of the box. It's about living outside of the box in a lot of different ways and making those kinds of choices. But yeah. since, you know, you started pre-internet and now, I mean, it's... It's gone to the mainstream. What do you think still needs to be worked on? I mean, I'm sure there's a laundry list of things, but 
Yeah, Maine. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, right now, right? I mean, the Supreme Court is, is dealing with, you know, mm. a case in Texas around abortion. I mean, we're still having right, this debate around yeah. abortion and it's around insane. women having control right. over their own bodies. I mm. cannot believe we're still having this debate. I know. I can't believe we're still having the debate about sex education in schools. I mean, at least finally, mm. finally, finally, President Obama got mm. rid of all of that abstinence only funding like, like last week yeah That's what they do with their final term the final month you know yeah. months they're yeah. like oh I'll do this I mean thank goodness you know I'm Clinton signed that into to uh-huh. you know I mean we've been dealing with this for 20 years 20 yeah years. it's unbelievable and and we know that it actually has not helped young people at all there's no mm-hmm. evidence that it's right. helped so yeah I mean I think we still have a long ways to go I, I think at least we can talk about it a little bit more but I think there's still uh, a lot of Factions wanting to control people right, based on their gender and their sexuality, and that to me is the work. Yeah, it's true. It never ends. That's why we'll always um, be working here and have a job. But tell yeah, me about your exactly. new book, Women yeah. on Fire. Right? Yeah. People always be listening and reading. Yeah. Tell me about Women on Fire. So, what what influenced yeah. you to to write this book and to focus on this particular topic in the book? Yeah, most of my work is with women. I do work with men in some of my programs. Like I'm, you know, I do a lot of work around sex and money. Um, I work with a lot of men in that work. I did my first book for men, but my work has really focused on empowering women over the last five or six years. And so the book is is about my own journey of sexual empowerment. It's about my, you know, there's a lot of client yeah. stories that are really rich in the book, and that I think a lot of women will relate to. And um, and it's my model of sexual empowerment. Um, so the nine elements are a way of breaking it down. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like this intellectual process, like I'm going to come up with nine things right. and you know, mm-hmm. it, it didn't go that way. It just way. sort of evolved that way. So yeah, talk it, about that, the, was, the core energy model of sexuality. I think sexuality is, is the core of our being. I think that, that we start from there. Uh, and we use that energy for everything we create in our lives. And I think we are here as creative beings. I think that's what we're meant to do. You're creating this podcast. You, you know, we all have creative endeavors in our lives, things that, you know, we're creating families, we're mm-hmm. creating communities, we create art and music. We use that energy for all of those things. So that's my worldview. And, um, and, and so then I think we, we get to direct that energy. We get to use it to connect um, certainly sexually, but also in other ways, um, and to create the intimacy that we want. And, um, and in the ways in which we utilize that energy, sometimes they, those things empower us, and sometimes they disempower us. Uh, so, you know, an identity is one of the pieces that is in that model. At some point, that part might be moot, but right now, it, it's important. So what are you hoping that people will get out of this model that you think they don't get in other, from other sources? I haven't seen anyone break sexual empowerment down in in a way that is palatable for people. Mm-hmm. Um, the first chapter of the book is called The Big Round Ball. And I call it The Big Round Ball because this woman said to me one day on the phone who had been wanting to work with me for several years and we were talking and she was trying to make the decision of wh- how she wanted to move forward. And she said, you know, I just feel like my sexuality is this big round ball and I don't know what to grab onto or how to get in. And I just thought, yeah, I think that's how a lot of people feel. They know they have work to do around it. They know they want more. Mm-hmm. But it feels so overwhelming mm-hmm. because it's so complex. And so I, I started the book with that. And then I broke it down into those nine elements so that there were lots of entry points for people. And, and those nine elements are the things that every client who has walked through my doors, we've dealt with. You know, their voice, how they show up emotionally, what do they need to release in order to like, make space for who they really are, you know, desire, giving themselves permission, learning to play, really coming home to themselves, you know, all of those things. And of course, fire. Right. Um, you know, and so there's different ways we could break it down. And to me, that was the way that made sense when I looked organically at the work I'd been doing. Okay. And who do you think, who is it targeted to? Like, who do you think would get the most out of, out of the book? Everyone? Women who? I mean, it's target, you know, I wrote it for and about women, but I think a lot of people can get a lot out of it. I mean, I, a guy in London read the book and then called me up and said, please coach me, please mm-hmm. work with, you know, and so, you know, right. I don't sign a lot of private clients who are men, but he had read the book and got so much That's out great. of it. Because you say in the book that most of us are like sexually broken. 
I think most people think they are. Think they are. I don't say okay. they are. Okay. I think For we people think who we are. feel they are sexually broken. So yeah. can you talk about that? Feeling you're sexually broken? Yeah. I mean, I think that because sex is still so taboo and we aren't talking openly about it, we aren't getting real stories. I mean, we're getting, we're getting this glossy, sexualized culture, but we're not necessarily getting like real stories unless we're listening to Sex with Emily right. or we're listening to, you know, <laughs> so your, your right. listeners are more in the know. <laughs> but... I think by and large, people really think that their problems are like unique. unique. Yeah, everyone thinks no one else is like like, this. That's what always. They're in a lot of pain. I know. People are in a lot of pain. That's why it's great to have the conversation or to have books like that. People are like, oh, I'm not alone. Like, I, mm-hmm. it's okay that I have low sexual desire. Because you talk about like, like low libidos and mismatched libidos. People just think they're the first ones it's happened mm-hmm. to ever. They're like, oh, everyone else suffers from this. So making it more normalized and mm-hmm. having information for them is very useful. So let's talk a little bit about like low sexual desire. Because that's something that comes up a lot. Yeah, I know sure. you cover in your book as well. And how, pre- how prevalent it is in our culture. I mean, I think that, that, that people are just like... We get calls and emails and they don't know what the cause of it is and that there's something wrong with them and they don't to talk about it. So yeah. how much do you hear about it and how prevalent do you oh, think it is and, and how do you... Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely... It? Issues around desire are the number one thing people come to me with. Um, and those... There's that a range... they don't range. no longer have the desire they had. It can be that. It can be, oh, I used to have it. It went away. What's wrong? Um, I'm going through menopause. I think there's a problem. It could be... Um, you know, sometimes it's health issues that have gotten in the way or medications, you know, there's various things. Um, it can be, I've never really had it. What's wrong with me? I feel like I'm missing out and Mm -hmm. the rest of the world is having this experience that I'm not uh, having. What's the matter? Um, and then a lot of times there, it comes up because there's a mismatch in relationships, like you said. Right. Um, so how do you work with them on it? It really depends what the orientation is, you know, um, I mean, part of it, I think, is accepting their own normalcy and looking in, and I always use that word in quotes, Mm -hmm. air quotes. Right, what is normal, right. What's normal. Uh, You know, usually I think when we don't, when we lack desire sexually, it it can be multiple things. It can be, well, I don't have enough pleasure in the whole of my life, and so there's nothing that's actually, you know, fueling that sexual desire. There's nothing supporting that, right? If you're hate your job, you don't like what you're doing every day, you get up frustrated, you go to bed, you know, of course, you're not going to have desire. Um, I think sometimes it's also the way couples are approaching sex. You know, it's like if you're trying to have sex at 10 or 11 o'clock at night, after you've put the kids to bed and you've done everything else and you're exhausted, yeah, you're not going to feel a lot of desire. You're not going to feel very exactly. sexy. Yeah. And that's something that people also, they beat themselves up. Boy, don't I want at that time. Mm-hmm. Just have to be, you know, compromising and negotiating, mm-hmm. talking to your partner. They're like, that's never going to work for me, Menace. You probably, Menace wakes up at 3 a.m. every day. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that your girlfriend probably wakes up at 3 a.m. with you. No. No, so you you're not having her. morning sex at 3 a.m. No, no. Her no. and the dog are out cold right so day. couple of this happens you got to like negotiate around it and make yeah. compromises mm-hmm. and it has to be part of your conversation yeah because people just don't know how to yeah. talk about it as we know and you also talk about healing from trauma and releasing sexual shame because that's another big issue i think mm-hmm. men and women have a lot obviously about around shame and trauma and it they just um you know like a lot of issues we think we can just you know kind of sweep it under the rug and mm-hmm. it'll go away but it doesn't yeah it only gets worse typically it only does Right. So um, how do you, um, what does it mean, do you think, to be sexually empowered and to help people through that? How do you work with them? You know, in I have a women's sexual empowerment program, and we address that um, really head on in the first weekend of that program. And a lot of, you know, what keeps shame in place is that we don't talk about it. We don't tell the stories. You know, we're in that place of, like, I'm so broken. Nobody else has gone through this. So a big part of it is bringing it out and saying, let's look at it. I mean, a lot of times when a prospect calls me up and I talk to them or one of my team members talks to them on the phone, they're telling us stories they've never spoken before. They often haven't even told their partners. Right. Because finally there's someone they feel like is going to listen to them without judgment. And so I really, that's such a big piece of what people need. And there's so much fear of being judged and so much fear that I'm going to be rejected. I think those are the two biggest fears people have around Mm -hmm. sexuality. So I think those two fears keep the shame in place because people stay silent about it. And that's why they're not having 
great the sex that they want because they are so afraid mm-hmm. of being judged. I mean, you're just talking about fantasies, mm-hmm. trauma, fantasies, anything that you desire mm-hmm. in bed. And we're so worried that we're going to be judged because people do judge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? it's true. And sometimes we've had those experiences of like a partner saying something kind of messed up to us or, you know, a friend saying, what, you're into that? You know, I mean, a lot of the attitudes we get. I know. It only takes like one person sometimes saying something really horrible to you sexually when you're young. Mm-hmm. Is that why you're suffering? Did somebody say something bad to you? No. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, okay. So we'll be right back. Uh, we're going to continue with uh, Amy Jo Goddard and her book. But first, I need to um, talk about the Vibratex Magic Wand Rechargeable. By now, you all know me pretty well, and I love new experiences, but I also love my favorite things that I always come back to because I can trust them, and I can't think of a better example than the magic wand. If you've been listening, you might remember that I actually had a hole drilled into my nightstand, so my magic wand was always plugged in and ready when I needed it. That is commitment. And I thought it was pretty ingenious, actually. But now, you don't need to destroy your furniture because the magic wand is unplugged, it's rechargeable, it has four intensity levels, four intensity levels, four great vibration patterns, and for 30 years, the Magic Wand has been just about everyone's go-to massager. It has a perfect size, high-quality construction and materials. It's no wonder the Magic Wand is considered the Cadillac of all vibrators. If you don't own one yet, don't even go another day of your life. Do you like How it? How could you not? Yeah, right? it's Do my you favorite. love it? it Amy Joe really. Probably, I'm so thrilled. Right? There's so many new models that are kind of modeled after, you know, right. the original. Uh, I'm thrilled about it. But and I love Vibratex. I know. Awesome. I know. I yeah. love them too. Yay. Okay, so go to sexwithemily.com, click on the Magic Wand banner, and to order yours today because we love it. Okay, so what? Okay, so your book, okay, Amy Joe Goddard, they can find you at amyjogoddard.com. Yep. Uh, G-O-D-D-A-R-D and this is all on my website as well mm-hmm. but um, and at Jamie, Amy Jo Goddard on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Amy Jo Goddard dot coach mm-hmm. okay so and then your book we're talking about that and I would love to just also I know that this is um, the lesbian sex secrets for Ben mm-hmm. you released an expanded second edition so what is new in the book a bunch of things. I'd it like was to know. so fun. It's like <laughs> you often don't get the second chance, you know? Right. How amazing. And, uh, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. The book has sold so well that uh, when I went back to Penguin Random House with the new book, they were like, wait, what? We don't have an ebook of lesbian sex secrets <laughs> for men? I'm like, yeah, what's wrong? So, um, so yeah, it was great. We got to actually get a much better cover for it because I always hated the first oh, cover. Oh, I want to see it. Okay. <laughs> um, the cover's fabulous. Um, and, yeah, so I got to edit through and really update the language. I mean, it's a 15-year-old book. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. It came out in 2000. Wow. So um, I was a wee 29-year-old at the mm. time. So, uh, yeah, and then uh, we added uh, sections on things that weren't really happening. Like then. anal? We added More a lot anal? of stuff about anal. Yeah, a lot of stuff about that. Um, and then not we that added, it wasn't happening. People not that it wasn't happening. Yeah. It wasn't, I mean, we had a chapter on anal then. We just added more to right. it. Uh, and uh, more stuff about technology and sex. And then um, one of my favorite sections we added, well, a couple. One, we, we added something on polyamory mm-hmm. because that wasn't really in the conversation at the right. time. I was doing it, but it wasn't being talked about it in the same way. And then um, we added a section for guys who are dating bisexual women because oh. we've talked to so many of them over the years. And that can be a really big struggle. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Glad. So what do you tell them? What's your uh, advice? That you know? They're going to yeah. eventually leave you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it does sometimes happen. <laughs> yeah. It does. It's, it's tricky. You know, it's not an easy thing for a lot of people. And because sometimes what it comes down to is a woman having to make the choice of choosing the relationship or choosing her sexuality, right. which is the choice a lot of people get in, exactly. whether they're bisexual mm-hmm. or something so else, true. because they might be in a sexless marriage where they're like, well, I could stay with you and be in the marriage with you, or I could choose my sexuality and go have the sex life I want right, to have. Exactly. You know, I talk to people who are in that struggle all the time. So, you know, I think it's really about communicating it, negotiating it, figuring out what's going to work for both of you and whether... There is a win-win. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that's something women really do need to explore, right? And they're gonna they're gonna eventually need to do it, whether they do it now or do it later. And so, not having the conversation or addressing it just again sweeps it under the rug, and then it becomes that elephant in the in exactly. the living room right. at some point. Exactly, you gotta um, figure out. 
what kind of life you want to live. Yeah. I mean, but I think guys who are with, who attract those kinds of women tend to be awesome guys. All the ones I've known. I'm like, yep, you're an awesome guy. How would you describe that kind of guy? Uh, What's the similar traits? I think that uh, they tend to have a little bit of a better understanding of gender equity and Mm -hmm. what that looks like in a relationship. Um, And I, I personally think, well... Better lovers, what? I think, well, I think bisexual men are definitely better lovers. I don't know about the men who partner with right. bisexual women. Got it. But What are some of the, can we just get into the sex tips real quick? So sure. what are some of the, the, the most popular sex tips in the book or you think that were really, that like, like a lesbian needs to tell guys this, like about women's bodies? What would you think is a chapter or something that keeps getting brought up to you that people really enjoyed around the sex tips that you could share? I think a big piece is really understanding the body and all the parts of the clitoris that never get talked about. Um, I'm an anatomy geek. I love teaching anatomy. And every time I teach it, people are like, what? You know, right. I taught, I taught a class on pleasure chest recently yeah. about this. So What don't we know? Well, you know, the clitoris, I think we learn to think of it as like, it's that little, right. that little button. And if I push it just right, <laughs> exactly. just scream in ecstasy. You know, it's not like that. So it's got, I you wish. know, all the same parts, actually, that male genitalia have they're just organized differently and so there's there's two large erectile they're called crura or legs legs. that run underneath the labia Uh, and so actually bringing a lot of blood flow starting with a lot of blood flow into the entire vulva brings a lot of that blood into all her erectile parts that are mostly inside. The only part you actually get to see is the clitoral head. Right. She's got a shaft. She's got the legs. Um, there's all this spongy tissue, you know. And so also there's there's spongy tissue on every side of the vagina. And so that's all erectile tissue. So even though a lot of women don't have orgasms through intercourse per se, a lot of their pleasure is derived from all of that Area, delicious right. tissue mm-hmm. being I know, stimulated. And I think people don't know. They don't know, right? I love that you're mm-hmm. talking. We talk about this too. That it's not just about that. Yeah, the labia. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much. There's so much. So rich. And then, so when people really rush to intercourse, you're just you're totally like bypassing, basically like bypassing the opportunity to really create a lot of pleasure for your partner because you know and then what ends up happening is women start to think oh sex hurts or intercourse hurts I want to avoid that because they've been with partners who aren't actually doing their due diligence bringing that blood flow getting the vagina ready to want it right and so then they have a partner that starts avoiding intercourse and they're like what's wrong I'm like well you yeah, you weren't turned on. You were right for the right, exactly. Yeah. Foreplay, so. foreplay. It's yeah. not a suggestion. Why are you requirement. yelling at me? Just because we talk about <laughs> you're, you're, you're the representation yeah, of I'm all like, men geez, right now. Yeah, I guess. It's a lot here. of pressure. Um, lot of pressure. Um, but yeah. you want to help us answer some emails from all the listeners? Right, cool. Yeah. How'd that be, Amy? Okay, we've got some emails from the people. Thank you for emailing me. Feedback at sexwithemily.com. I love hearing from you. Um, it's awesome. And would you please um, also include your name, how old you are, how you listen, which is so awesome. And, um, okay, Uh, here we go. Sexual guilt. Emily, I've been listening to your podcast recently, and I've really connected with your show. It's incredibly informative and insightful. Recently, I've been struggling with somewhat of a weird issue that I haven't been able to get over. I experienced a lot of guilt after having sex. The sex ranges from long-term relationships to one-night stands. But every time I have sex, I feel this weird guilt bubble up inside me, and I feel like I did something wrong. I'm 24. This has been going on since I was 17. I could really use some advice. Am I alone in feeling like this? What insights do you have on this? Thanks, Martin. Um, so Amy Jo, I thought you may be able to help me answer this question for Martin. Yeah, great yeah. question. I think a lot of people feel that way. The shame of the guilt. Oh my God, mm. people right? hold guess... themselves back from so much pleasure and joy because of feeling guilty. Right, <laughs> how can we, exactly, all the time. I mean, I Martin, or... I think guilt is, is a wasted it's wasted energy. It's such it, a waste. It, I, I think guilt really does nothing for us, but makes it's us a waste. feel bad. I always says it's a wasted emotion. It's not even an emotion, though. She's like, it's a waste of time. Yeah. It is. Truly. Mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, I don't know what specifically, did I miss it? Did he say anything specific of what he's feeling guilty about? Just every time he has sex, ever since he was 17, he's felt guilt after. It's just guilt. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it makes me curious, what happened when you were 17? Like, did well, something occur? Well, that's what I want to know, exactly. I think that there that, might be some trauma or some yeah. issues. Or, yeah, parents might have said, uh, or, could have been like my mom who said, if you're going to have sex, you're going to get her pregnant right. on the first time. Like. Right. 
just messing with your head, you know? Yeah. It and he's saying like every like single time it could be a relationship or one night stand. So I think there's going to be some work here trying to figure out yeah. what happened at that age. Yeah. I mean, what was the genesis of that? What were, What's really the core? Like what's underneath the guilt? Because it's really not about the guilt. It's about something happened that you never made peace with or gave yourself permission for. Exactly. I really want to encourage you to figure out that thing and then just, I think you have to give yourself permission. That's one of the elements in the book. It's like we need so much permission to just be who we are as exactly. sexual people. I know. And like what we like. And, and it's not okay. Be like, there's oh, no this normal. Is so Don't wrong. compare yourself. Yeah. I know. Exactly. It's so true. Yeah. Um, and I would say, yeah, I mean, and also this might not be something he can give himself permission, but this might not be something that he could work out on his own. So I mm-hmm. would say, you know, Get some support. Get some support. Absolutely. Therapy. Absolutely. Okay, we got another email. Um, hey, Emily, fellow Wolverine here. Hell yes. Hell yes. Hail. Because <laughs> hail to the victors. Nice goal. 28-year-old female and listen religiously on the iTunes app. I appreciate everything you do to help make our society more sexually knowledgeable, and your co-host's advice has definitely educated me and improved my sex life. Of course. All that said, I have a dilemma (laughs) I would love your guidance on. I recently started dating a guy, 29, who's absolutely incredible. We clicked almost immediately and learned quickly that we are very sexually compatible. I've never been so consistently aroused just thinking about a guy, let alone when we're actually together. My problem is when we became Facebook friends, I discovered that he still has several pictures of his ex-girlfriend posted, despite telling me that he had <laughs> been single for quite some time. Well, this somewhat this is somewhat of a red flag. My main concern is that she's an incredibly beautiful girl, great body, gorgeous face. I'm no troglodyte or anything. I just have a lot of insecurities related to stretch marks from weight loss and scars from abuse. I also have the problem of being a unicorn who thoroughly enjoys getting turned on or enjoys slash getting turns on by having giving head. And I worry that perhaps he's settling for me as a reflection of what he actually wants, which is her, the ex. Is there any way to approach these insecurities without seeming like a crazy person? If there is a male uh, present to weigh in, how aware are men of these flaws that women obsess about? I do my best to give off confidence when we're intimate, as I know this is the key to sexiness, but I can't help but wonder if he is constantly comparing me to what he had before. Any help you can give would be greatly appreciated. You're so wonderful. Thanks again. Maddie. Oh, that is man. a lot here. A lot going on. Uh, remember the days before pre-internet, guys? Yeah. <laughs> this is just... She she got all that <laughs> from photographs on Facebook. From right? an ex-girlfriend. She, right. Yes. One picture. Right. All She's that. She's made up a big whole story. Yeah. Yeah. Whole yeah. backstory. You yeah. know, I... Do you think that men are that concerned? She's worried about the stretch mark she's worried about. I... I and you know when I speak, it's I'm speaking for all men. Um, <laughs> it's no You're guys. Uh, child. Yeah, this guys don't sued. think about that stuff at all. They don't care. They're just They're happy, know, to, be with, happy yeah. to be there. They're happy to be there. Happy to be with, with you. Time. They're happy to be having sex with you. Happy to be uh, receiving fellatio. You know, all this stuff is being made up in your head. All these insecurities. Like you should not. If he wanted to be with that person, he would go be with that person, or right. he would be with somebody similar to whoever that right. girl is in the six photographs. Right. You know, exactly, exactly. It's like, I, yeah, uh, it's worrying about it way too much. You need to be present in your relationship, and you're you're causing problems. She you're is. causing like, issues. I think she's sabotaging know? it. She was just way yeah. looking for something because these are already bubbling uh-huh. up below the surface. Or, or Wait, how, how long were they been together? I don't know. Did it um, say? Are they three years into a relationship recent. and he still has? Recent. It's recent. Okay. Recent. I, I'll tell you this. I never even checked my Facebook messages. The thing is full. Like right. I'm, not going, back, I'm not going back. I'm not going back into delete. my photos no deletes, and deletes photos. I'm, That's I'm not. Thing. I'm like I'm not even thinking about that at all. Right. I mean, I think she's just letting her insecurities get the best of her, of and course, I don't think he was being dishonest. Like I was gonna say, if you're three years into your relationship, and yeah, maybe the photos are, are still up there. You might have even a problem. Then. <laughs> even so then, I right. know. You know this idea that that we come into a new relationship and suddenly I have no past. I have no such yeah, yeah. past. And I've, there's, I've never, I mean, I mean that's my good dream for you that, that you have, no have this hot guy who used yeah. to be with this other hot woman and now he's with you. Like, obviously, right. you've some... got something going on. Mm-hmm. Right, You're going to exactly. mess it up. You're basically just throwing a, a grenade into your relationship. Right. I mean, he's well, over the comparison this, you know? game never compar- gets you never anywhere. Works. No. It's just, it's... We have to stop doing that. We do. And women do this so much. I don't know if is it as bad for men. I don't women know. Women do it 
all the time. And we're taught to compete as well. So I think think that's a part of it. But, you know, it's really something I work with women on in my sexual empowerment programs because you cannot be empowered and be tearing other women down or constantly comparing yourself and tearing yourself down. That is not an empowered place. And everyone has their own thing to offer. Why would you do this to yourself? He gets to have pictures of people. I'm not going to give up pictures of my past relationships that are are memories for me or people that were important in my life and might still be. There's nothing wrong with that. And this is all based on on her own interpretation of of what happened. um, But you're right. I don't know why women... Oh, sorry. No, people always talk about how... Uh Especially being in LA, I'm not saying this doesn't happen everywhere, but I remember... I don't know, but just because it's such a, LA is a different mm-hmm. world in some ways about like looks and celebrity. Mm-hmm. But I, and I wasn't just brought up this way. Like I'm not a, um, I'm really not a competitive person. And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I, luckily I, I mean, I always have other issues, but I'm not like a compare. I'm always like, a, let's mm-hmm. all bring each other up, bring women mm-hmm. up. But I do think that it comes up all the time here. People saying, are there, do you find the women really catty here? And are they really competitive? And I don't mm-hmm. remember people asking me that in San Francisco. I just, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that whatever happens everywhere, but I do think it's something that, I mean, if you can get women just to focus, you know, it's a confidence thing and get them to look yeah. at and celebrate themselves. And, and, yeah. and, um, but it's just, I think it's just really hard cause it's always in your face, especially now with social media and Instagram mm-hmm. and you're looking at everything and it's just, it's just not helping Not that women and men haven't felt insecure yeah. since the beginning of time. Yeah. Like I was going to say, I think guys would, yeah, they, some will stew over that, but they would get over it eventually within a few days. They're not going to, really bring it into the relationship you know because again i think at the end of the day they're really happy just to be with you yeah and again i'm speaking for all men right thank you um whenever insecurity in a relationship comes up with clients that i'm working with i i always have them look at is the insecurity in yourself or is it in the relationship right because I think that's a very, very important distinction to make. Is he really doing anything that is giving you great pause and saying, wow, there's a problem here? It doesn't sound like from what she wrote there no, is. No, not at all. And so then that's really that's her work to do. You know, you've got to do your work on your own insecurity and not project that onto him. If you do, you will lose the relationship. Because that's not sexy. Right. Not sexy it's at all. It's really not. You don't want to get mad and be <clears throat> nagging. Oh, why do you have the picture? I mean, that is sabotaging yeah. it. So how would I, you work with the, work with her, for example? I think to really look at what is it bringing up in you? What, you know, I think you have to get underneath that. And I think it's about her own body insecurity and working on loving her body. And I mean... And I think there's also a piece where she's afraid to let herself actually have the pleasure that she's having. And right, I think that think people run it. from pleasure. They feel like the last guy, you know, feeling guilty about pleasure. We feel guilty about feeling good. We are meant to feel good. Pleasure is a gift from spirit, from the universe, right. from God, you know, whatever you believe in. It is a gift. We are so meant to feel that. I know. Why would you put something in the way? She talks about how she's so excited and she's thinking of him. She, I mean, awesome. It's our brains Focus automatically like, can't be too happy. You <laughs> yeah, better yeah, bring yeah. us down. Right. Oh, much. yeah. How can I mess this up? Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So, you know, we that. do, we all have that saboteur inside of us, know. you know, so I would work with her on that saboteur. And, and you and, also see people, so they should definitely get your book, Woman on Fire. Mm-hmm. And please, you, please get her book. It's gonna and Amy Jo's book will also it'll be on my website. But would you prefer them to go to amyjoegoddard.com and buy it? Amazon? What do you? Wherever you want to buy wherever it, it books is available. Are wherever online. books are sold, I love it. And People, it, it really is a great book, and it's so yeah. it's so useful. Support your local book. bookstore. That's really my favorite mm-hmm. place for people to buy books. But it's available online. You can I don't get think they have wherever. bookstores in LA anymore. Do they not? Um, no. Are we done with I that? I think Girl. I saw one once. Damn, I think it went out of business. That one is still in Venice Beach. I love that one on the boardwalk. I always go in Oh, there. yeah. I love yeah. that. I know there's one in the mission more. of San Francisco. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm this going? is so sad. Yeah. We're like, libraries? Bookstores? Uh, hey, what, uh, what's that? What? <laughs> God, it's so sad. Yeah. Um, but um, thank you so much for being back on the show. Great having you, Amy Jo Goddard. Yeah. And everyone check out your book and follow you on all your social media at Amy Jo Goddard. Is there anything else that we, um, anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, you know, I just did this video series that people loved so if anyone wants to oh, grab it tell. um it's it's an erotic evolution video series and um there's it's a three-part or four-part video series and they can download it on my um or access it 
on my homepage. Okay. It's a great... What does um, it teach? I talk about how to really have more self, sexual self-acceptance, which both of Cute. the people who wrote yes, in Yes, perfect. Need, so and those are just the two we read today. Yeah. yeah those are hundred in my inbox, yeah. right? Uh, so the first video is is a lot about that. Um, gosh, what else do I talk about? Uh, there's a bit about sexual shame, looking at the cultural traps we get into and the ways in which we hold ourselves back sexually. And then, um, and then there's a whole piece on the sexual voice and really understanding the interplay of the inner and external sexual voice and how that either empowers or disempowers us. So some mm-hmm. really good stuff in there. Well, congratulations so. on all your success. You're helping a lot of people and doing yeah, great work. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Of I always love thank coming you. to talk no, to you, it's Emily. So fun. We got to come back. Yeah. Um, thanks for being here, and um, thank you, Menace. Yeah. Thank you. Thank nice you for being you, here and being yeah. the voice of all men. Right. Oh yeah. Right. I speak for all men all uh, the time. I know. You're and gonna hate mail now. Exactly. You're like I don't feel. Oh, just to add it. it to the pile. <laughs> we don't get it as much anymore. Now they're like it's Menace. You know what? My team and I are always. Every time we get hate mail, we got some crazy thing today. We're like, you know what? We're doing something right. Exactly. You can't take it all. You can't take it all in. Right. But I like the love mail better. But it's cool. Um, thank you, uh, Madison. Thank you, uh, Nina over there. Uh, Intern Nina, she's controlling the uh, Snapchat because you can find us now um, at Sex with Emily on Snapchat, Instagram, uh, Twitter. It's all at Sex with Emily. Mm-hmm. Facebook.com slash Sex with Emily. Friendster. And YouTube channel. All this fun stuff. And Menace is at Menace. At Menace on Instagram. And, and my dog, Twitter. Shiro. And my awesome. dog, Shiro. Should I get my dog, baby. Pepe, on Instagram? If you want to get Pepe on Instagram, you should do it. Can can Pepe just join Shiro on Instagram? It could be like um, my dog's Pepe and Shiro, and then you could just take over? Oh, but then I... Uh, it could be fun. But her what are their sex lives doing? That's what I want to know. I don't oh, know yet. Shiro? Oh, how is Shiro's sex life? Uh, she's still young. Oh, it's a she. Yeah. See, mine's a he. I've always said I she. I forget. I forget. I think all dogs are he's. Now I'm offended. Don't be offended. End, I do it all the time. Show. Don't be offended. I don't want to <laughs> offend you. The last show I shocked you, now I'm offending you. Yeah. Oh, jeez. It's It's time to go then. Okay. Managing relationships. It's so hard. Okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Was it good for you? (laughs) Email me. Feedback at sexwithemily.com. Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. Let me ask you a question. Are you getting enough? I bet you'd love a little bit more, right? Well, adamandeve.com wants to give you more with 10 free gifts. First, you get a sexy surprise for her and a specially selected toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, plus you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. Because who the hell wants me for shipping? Nobody. To get your free gifts, go to adamandeve.com. Select just one item. You can get the Jimmy Jane Hello Touch, sexy pieces of lingerie. You can get a lube. You should always buy a high-quality lubricant. Um, we love Uber Lube or Pure. They're all great. Just enter Emily at checkout. Get your 10 free gifts. Go to adamandeve.com. Use code Emily at checkout and get 10 free gifts. Let me tell you a little bit about Promescent. Did you know one in three men suffers from premature ejaculation? Well, now you don't have to. Promescent is a quickly absorbing delay spray that allows you to have the sex you want. You can focus on actually having sex and not trying to be inside your head. So you can focus on your partner's hot body so you're not worrying about orgasming if you use Promescent. It also closes the arousal gap between men and women, even if you're not don't suffer from premature ejaculation, but you just want to last longer. It is the only FDA-approved treatment for premature ejaculation. It doesn't transfer to your partner. Check it out. Uh, Go to promescent.com. Thanks for listening.